nature and how to respond and how to react to it. And a lot of this stuff is internal. You see, a lot of it is internal. If you, if you don't know when you see a sick tree, nobody ever teach you that. You see, you can look at a tree, well, that tree is not doing too well. Something's telling you. I mean, a wolf knows a sick sheep, right? Nobody's got to tell that wolf that you go after that sheep. He knows. So we, as human beings, have to learn that, that process of it. Let me show you something I think you might find very interesting, okay? Speaking about invisible. Great, let's see it. Or can we see it? Oh, sure. Well, part of the, na the thing is, is that, see, remember getting out of Mother Nature's way? Well, Mother Nature has a very unique system of, you do something, and you should stand back and watch and let it, let it do its thing, you know? For example, with trees, this is an olive tree. It's a very old olive tree. Olive trees can be live to be quite a few, you know, a few years old. This one here, I would guess, is 30, 40, 50, 60 years old. And um, the, the owner came to me and said, the tree is dying. It was being attacked by carpenter ants. First of all, termite companies came out and said, yes, termite. Well, they have to treat it for termites. But they, 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 you know, they're not really trained to, to tell the difference between carpenter ants and termites. It was a simple thing as carpenter ants coming and attacking the tree. So I developed, again following Mother Nature's theory, uh, I developed what's called tree vents. And if you take a look over here, these are clay pipes. That are, it's covered with rocks, so it becomes as invisible. This is working all the time. Inside of here, there's a mixture that goes inside of here. I call it TGM+. Plus. Uh, it's called, uh, the T stands for tobacco. The G stands for garlic. The M stands for some kind of manure. And the plus stands for rock dust. Again, minerals. All right, a secret sauce. So what happens is you make this mixture together. The tree absorbs it. I learned about garlic when I was in the sixth grade. That was a weird year for me. I used to put garlic in my shoe and go to class. And the garlic. Why would you do that? Well, it was great. The garlic would back up, you know. And everything I did was high, you know, garlic. And then people were like, whoa, whoa. And I realized real fast that you know your body absorbs garlic. And I realized also all living things absorb garlic. I used to give garlic to my dog and to my roses because they absorbed it. And as you, you plant garlic underneath tomato, you taste the garlic. So the trees absorb the garlic and the tobacco and, of course, all the other stuff. And what happens is the bugs attacking the tree, they taste the garlic, for starters. And they say, this is not what I'm supposed to be going at. Right. Unless they're Italian. And the, same, well, and the same thing with the tobacco. The tobacco will kill every insect. There's no known insect that's immune to tobacco. And I used to spray it in my young days. And I was absorbing as getting liver disorders. The doctor said, ah, your liver's on fire. So I stopped <laughs> spraying it, started applying it, to the trees. And this is something that Mother Nature will help the tree to absorb it. You know, I got a degree in horticulture in college, and uh, to be honest with you, they pretty much taught us better living through chemistry. We were never uh, shown these kinds of exactly. methods. Exactly. And, and you know, I have nothing against chemistry. You know, the clothing and everything we're doing has, is involved with chemistry. But the bottom line is we need to understand more how nature's work, nature works. And I don't get in an argument with people if something's are, are a chemical, if it's a chemical is safe or not. I tell people, why even, you know, if you, if, you, if you know of something that's natural, that you can use, why even try to use a chemical? Many times, over and over again, it's been proven that the chemicals have not been fully tested. Uh, Malathion, for example, you know, for example, DDT, they say it was safe. Then they're saying, right. never mind. Over and over and over again, that happens. And so it's just by simply listening and tuning into nature and listening to what she has to say, we can apply that to our lives, like with tree care and with the lawn care and with roses and so forth. Andy, can you tell me a little bit more about this uh, garlic uh, treatment? What did you call it again? I call it TGM plus. Um, for lack of any other name, <laughs> you know, I just give it a, a description of exactly what's in it. Uh -huh. And see, the manure is very important. Bacteria, you know, 
in nature, if, if this tree was out in nature, an animal would more likely come and pee on it, doo-doo on it, or maybe even die on it, you see? And that's how the, the earth gets replenished. The trees will get their food and stuff. When's the last time an animal came and poo-pooed around here? So we're more than nature. We've taken, we've put up fences and roads and everything. We stopped that natural process. So we're, we have to take the responsibility for Mother Nature. So people say, well, I don't feed my trees. Well, if you don't feed them, they're going to die. It's as simple as that. You see, this is a very simple way. The gardener comes around and puts some water in it to make sure it doesn't dry. It becomes like a drip system. How often does that happen? That should happen once a week. You don't let it dry out. Because the idea is water will flow through it, percolates through it like a tea bag, and goes into the root systems, and the trees absorb it. That might be different if we were in a different type of soil, right? Uh, every soil will be different. You have to see how it works, how the distance of, of way. Here's a clay soil environment. This is mainly clay, right. you know. But the root systems do go out quite a ways from the tree. And the philosophy is a little different because if you were to put a chemical in here you would kill the tree they say put it out by the drip system right but only organics go in here Andy um, we're here in Pacific Palisades California does this work uh, for trees anywhere in the United States anywhere in the world it works the trees the same thing they all have root systems they all need the food and the nutrition you, you know you have you talk about the, the for certain forests that are dying and so forth, you know. I have attacked almost, there hasn't been not one disease, for example, old root fungus, they say it's uncurable. Uh, beetles attacking the trees, uh, whatever disease. When they, someone says it's uncurable, what they're really saying is, I don't know how to deal with it chemically. You know, seems like it makes economic sense too. Uh, how much is garlic in the grocery store? Uh, garlic does hardly, hardly cost anything. As a matter of fact, you can actually plant society garlic underneath this tree. Oh, really? And the, the, the tree will absorb the garlic and it, it becomes a regular perennial. You know, society garlic lasts around. It's a perfect way for the tree to pr be protected. I plant it under roses. The roses absorb the society garlic. It's a perfect. And you, 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 ever, you ever grow society garlic? Oh, yeah. You can smell it. Right. <laughs> you can smell it a mile away. And most bugs Almost all bugs. You know, bugs have antennas. Right. Why do you think they have antennas? Because they pick up singles. They're listening. Yeah, see, they pick up singles, and they're born genetically. Let's just say a bug can only tune into a certain channel, channel three. Okay, so what the garlic does, it screws up that channel. He says, I can't pick up channel three, therefore I'm not going to attack this tree. You see, when the tree gets sick, it changes a single. When you get sick, you're, you, other people can tell you're sick. Remember the wolf? Right. He knows that that sheep is sick. He doesn't read about it. He, he says, there's something coming from that sheep that tells me it's sick. Ants, other creatures tune into the trees and other living things. They change the single. So all we're doing is confusing the creatures. And he, give me a few more details on this. How, how far down did you have to oh, put this? Every, every tree is different. The older the tree, the deeper, you know, this is saying, as above, so below. And if you look at the root systems above, I mean the, the tree and everything, the root system are identical. So every tree is individual. You have to look at it as individual. You have to decide where the root systems are in, in terms of placing the vent for it to work. How many vents do we place around you the tree? Put three, but again, that's different. Every tree is different. You find that they have a signature, pine trees, oaks. Uh, they're all different. And so you, you, that determines. I, I went to a, uh, Austin, Texas, three or 400-year-old tree. Well, we had to put about six of them around for it to work best. Hey, Eddie, so you're going to show us how to make this uh, secret sauce. A secret sauce, that's a good way. First of all, this is very important. It's just an ordinary clay pipe. 
You know, they, they sell them for the roofs, you know. Where so we forth. would just find this at a normal Most construction set, set up. You prefer this to plastic? Oh, plastic won't do it all. Plastic has no energy into it. So I've learned that anything you put in here, the tree is going to absorb. You do not want to put chemical fertilizers in here that you kill the tree. Okay? So what, what, this is the mixture that we put in here. The first thing, the, uh, the most important is the compost. So the actual amount doesn't, again, it depends on the tree. You have to sort of tune into the tree, so to speak. Pine trees are different than oaks. You can see that. You see what I mean? So the, usually the bigger the tree, the more you want to put in here. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? One of the things about organics is that you can, put all, you can fill this whole thing up with compost and it won't hurt the tree. Compost, if it's done correctly, will give food as the tree needs it. I tell people it's as if you have 50 hamburgers. You came along and says, here's 50 hamburgers, you got five minutes to eat it. And then six months later, you come by, here's another 50 hamburgers, you got five minutes eating. You're going to be very stressed out. Okay, and that's exactly what happens. Whereas with compost, first of all, we're all vegetarians here, you see. So it says, eat what you want, when you need it, at the rate you need it. No stress about it. Once again, listening. Okay, the, the rule of thumb is, the less the, the stress, the greater the pest. The less the stress, the greater the pest. That's right. great. Okay, so with the compost, you basically want about a pound or two you know, to, to go in, in this mixture. Okay. And then you want to, there's the garlic. Any garlic will do. Any garlic. Pretty much, you have to try to, you know, again, if the idea is being organic, you want to try to have some kind of organic garlic, which is almost impossible to buy unless you're growing your own. Amazing. You know? So, because people tell me, well, gee, isn't it not organic? Well, it's, you know, if you're growing your own, then you can do that. But if you can't, you got to go out and buy. I buy, this is roughly, um, this is like eight ounces. every time okay so why don't we just go to the real nitty-gritty by the way uh, there's going to be a drawing for my book so one of you people who has a graphical drawing should get a free book actually what it's going to be is your free membership in my club I started a club when I was young people kept calling me <laughs> you know one lady called me at 2 a.m. at night I said I was sleeping it's just this morning 1 a.m. and the lady says I'm calling from Saigon I says you know what time it is over here and it happens all the time anyway so if you have any questions, this is a good place to raise your hand. Don't be shy. If you use the chemicals, it's okay. We're like alcohol, uh, chemical anonymous here, okay? Uh, yes? I look at chemicals, but I'm getting really tired of what I have to do to keep the mealybugs off my toilet. Okay. Uh, she, she asked a question about mealybugs. Okay, it goes back to the ants. Remember I said ants are involved in almost everything? Well, guess what? They hurt creatures left or right. They hurt aphids, mealybugs. Uh, they're involved in white flies. They're involved in almost everything. Because most of these creatures, what do they do? They produce a nectar. See, they attack the plant, and the ants go and milk the little creatures. Remember, they're ladies. They're involved. They have farmings. They're a very civilized group, you know. And I've learned, I've learned to deal with them. So what you have to do is you have to control the ants. If you control the ants, you automatically reduce your pest and disease problem on your property. Very simple. And you can't not control the ants if your property is out, if the ecological system is out of balance. Ants are the number one thing that respond to the environment. You hear about, you hear about uh, the uh, med fly, you hear about the uh, African white flies, you hear about the, the imported fire ants. Okay. Ants are the number one thing that I've learned to key into that tells me about what's going when the environment is out of whack, when something's out of balance. You see? And so the way to control ants, the first thing, you say you don't use any chemicals, that's great. Your neighbor is your weakest link. 
He could be out there spraying the wind drifts it over and there you go. And nowadays they're spraying the whole area. You know, like when they did the marathon spraying in all of LA. Well, these poor organic people, they were getting infested with all kinds of stuff because they weren't using any chemicals before. And all of a sudden, it threw everything out of balance. The ants are the number one thing you have to control. And if you're not doing anything actively to control the ants, you will always have a problem because the ants have billions of babies every day. Billions, like a guy said, billions and billions, right? Right? So that's what you have to do. And I could talk a little bit about controlling ants. Would you all like me just to cover quickly a few steps of controlling the ants? Okay. Now remember, this, this, it's kind of mean, and as I get older, I change my, my I tell people, here, you have two choices, okay? You can, you can train the ants without killing the one single ant, right? Or you can start killing ants and 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 then you have to kill some more ants and you probably have to kill some more ants and then you only be you still have to kill some more ants. So you have a choice, okay? So a lot of people they like the killing part because they forget that the ants have babies and they keep multiplying and doing things. And before there used to be one colony, the ants would fight each other. Now you have one giant colony for miles and miles with hundreds of ant queens, all part of one colony. Think about it. So you know, so you have to. You have to. There's a movie. Remember the movie where the guy was fighting the ants and then he fought it with the fire and flood and everything, and he, he destroyed the whole place. And the end of the movie, the ants were coming back. Okay. Okay. So in the sixth grade, I figured out what are the ants looking for? Food and water. Right? That's all they're really after. They're involved in food and water. They do the farming. They do everything. All it has to do with food and water. They need food and they need water. Okay? So I start feeding the ants. That's what you do. You get their attention by immediately feeding them. What I do is, see, I use any kind of essential oil to drive them out because it scrambles their signals. The ants have little signals. They leave little trails this way, too. What's your name, man with a red outfit? You. Huh? Uh, Irina, this way to her house. You see? Little sign trail, make a left, make a right. And they, ants have you trained. Ants have the people trained for a year-round source of food and water and music and, you know, everything else, right? So you, you have to slowly, like myself. See, I'm married. I've been married 20 years now. I've been housebroken. It took me, my wife, seven years to housebreak me. Pretty close. I still have a few areas that I'm working on. But you have to... Do it without letting them know you're doing it. You see what I'm saying? Because as soon as you tell them you're house, housebreaking, then they rebel. So you have to start getting their attention in, in a certain way that they don't even know it. So what I do is, first of all, I scramble their signals. Unlike us humans, these ants will back away and say, we'll be back whenever we can figure out what's going on here, okay? That's why I started using the Dr. Bronze. This is perfect. They make a lavender, a peppermint, eucalyptus, an almond. It's an essential oil of different herbs. Gave a talk at the herbs, one of the herb society. Hey, you can, uh, any of these plants, uh, geraniums, you can make a, a tea out of and spray it. Does the same thing. It, it scrambles their signals. Plus, it's an essential soap, so it's an oil. It kills them on contact. It coats their little bodies. They can't breathe, and they die. Okay? So you want, to, you want to spray something in the house that drives the ants out of the house. Before you do that, you want to see how the ant is assuming they're coming in your house. Okay? If you have them in the garden, it's another, another story. But if they're coming in the house, you figure out how they're coming in the house. 
Okay? You walk around and you look and see if there are any cracks and crevices, any major highways and signs pointing to a hole or something, any way that you figure out how they're coming in the house. You have to walk around the outside of the house. You'll see them. They're, they're entrances. So when you drive them out, you go back and you caulk those entrances. And now don't just use regular caulking gun. You need to add some boric acid to the caulking material because the ants will eat right through the caulk. And one guy called me out, they're eating through the steel. Okay, so I don't know. <laughs> In California, they're called crazy ants. Now, that's another story. Anyway, so you have to drive them out of the house, you caulk them, and then when the ants come back, you see, they know, they have a little meeting like we do. Every 30 days, they all sit down, and the, the big head queen says, here's the food, this is where we go, this is what's going on. They have a little meeting, see? So what you have to do is you have to retrain the ants to go look for food somewhere else. Because they, they've been taught to go look for food in this person's home, in the kitchen, wherever they're keeping them. So you, by retraining them, all you really do, what I do is, I, I didn't bring one with me, but I call them ant cafes. They're basically a little Finch birdhouse. You go to a store, it should cost you around $2.50 to $3 or $4. In Malibu, they're $10. It's true. <laughs> but any place, you know, they call it pet, it's, it's called a uh, Finch birdhouse. You know the kind, a little box with a big hole and a little hole you put the stick on and the bird goes inside. You want to have something to, uh, to uh, basically you use it to feed the ants. Inside of it, I get an eight ounce cup, I fill it with water and I throw some honey in, stir it up, put it in the areas where I've seen the ants. Ants love honey, they will not eat anything with preservatives. That's another story because preservatives destroys their, their fungus. See, ants carry a fungus with them, normally. You know how when ants climb up a tree and they're going, you have the, the suit, you know what sooty mode is? That's, that's due to the fungus that the ants carry with them. And I don't understand because if they're ladies, they should be cleaning up after themselves. But they, they leave the nectar everywhere and this fungus grows out there, okay? And that's why uh, the soap washes them off. That's another, another story there, too. But anyway, they carry their own fungus, so they won't eat anything with a, a preservative. So honey, straight honey, brown sugar, white sugar, sturdy. Ideally, what you do is you see what they're going in their house. If they're going into after food, you know, what kind of food is it? Sometimes the queen says, Oh, I want protein. And you have to, they, everybody goes out and gets some kind of protein. Or some days she says, I got a sweet tooth. They all go after sugar. I don't know if you know this. They go after different things. So they're going after the cat food. That's what you put outside in the little ant cafe. So the ants come back, they find the cat food or whatever it was that they're going after. And they'll say, ah, a source of food. Why work if you don't have to? Put the aphids away. Here's the food. I used to call them ant bars. But it wasn't a real good ant bars with all the ladies going. So we call them ant cafes. It's more, you know. Right? Maybe the guys go to the ant bars most of the, the year when they're not doing anything. You, you ever wonder what the ant, male ants do three quarters of the year when they're not doing anything? They're hanging out at the bar, drinking nectar. I'm coming back as an ant myself. I think it's a wonderful life. There are some problems. Uh, so you, you want to have the ants find it as a source of food. And they, they will go in there. You open it up, you'll see uh, that they'll, just, they'll eat it right up. Gone. Once the ants know it's a source of food, here comes the bad part. And here's where you have to decide what you do. See, I have customers that tell me, Andy, I don't want you to, I, I don't mind having the ants outside, I just don't want them in the house. Well, okay, I feed the ants. I just feed them whatever they want to eat. And they tell me, Andy, let me get, get this straight. I, you're, I'm paying you to feed the ants. I say, yeah, you don't want to do it, I'll do it. No problem. I, I teach kids, because I started in the sixth grade feeding the ants. You can feed the ants, and then say, well, don't you have more and more ants? Okay, so if you have an infestation of ants, you know when you have an infestation of ants? When the earth moves. You know, you, and then you go outside and say, ah, I must be doing LSD because everything is sort of, you know, wiggling and you see all that in lots of ants, right? So that's you have an infestation. Then you have to introduce boric acid to their food. This is where it's mean because, see, it's sort of like the Trojan horse. 
They, they can't detect boric acid. If you make it too strong, see ants have two stomachs, one they eat and one they take back to the colony. If they make the boric acid too strong, that lady ant would die right there, raw honey or whatever it is. And the way I've learned to do it is I make a batch, first plain sugar, they go and eat it. They eat it right up. Boom. Then I make another batch, and this time I introduce one tablespoon of boric acid in their mixture, stir it up. If they eat it all right up in a, in a week, I do it again. This time I do two tables. I'll keep doing it until they leave it alone. I go, aha, that's the strength that's too strong. You back up a little bit, and that's the strength you want to start feeding the ants with. Interesting enough, if your neighbor's using chemicals, these ants, you have to give them more boric acid because they laugh at you. <laughs> you, know? you have to make it a little stronger. But eventually, what happens is, find that as a source of food and they take it back to their colony. Sooner or later it gets to the queen, her majesty eats it and she dies. They have to start over again. It reduces their population. You don't want to be too good at this because at one point you're going to have to say, okay, what, what do I want? Start all over because what, you know what happens if you get rid of all the ants in your property? More ants will move in from next door, from wherever, right? So you, it's better to have ants, local ants that you get to know and you train them and they go in to get the food and you teach them to stay out of the house. You have your own little group, you do. You get to know what they are. I go to different people's homes and I know the ants. And as a matter of fact, when I see some ants going nuts, I, I tell the people, what are you guys doing? You're having a rough time? What's going on? You know, and sometimes I can't even tell when the pest control company is spraying anywhere on the block. One lady called me and says, Andy, the place is full of ants. They're, they're four-lane highways. Normally, they're two. This were four-lane four coming in. I says, walk around the block, and I bet you anything is a pest control company spraying. And sure enough, you know what they do? They go from where the chemicals was where there isn't. So one of the problems you're doing this is that chemicals everywhere, they will come and hang out at your place until the chemicals are safe to go back. That's what happens. On the block, that lady had ants everywhere. And I said, hang out, don't, relax, don't do anything. Within two days, they were all back to the other lady who had sprayed even more, because they teach. The ants says, oh yeah, you want to spray? We'll be back even worse. Yes? Okay, now outside is, outside is the same thing, see? Outside, you, f you use the anchophase. Where are the anchophase? They're outside. They're outside the house, not inside the house. You don't put the anchophase inside the house, you have them outside before they were coming in. So any, those anchophase can handle a whole, you know, ants travel for miles. Okay, they're going up your philodendrous other plants for the food. If they, if they have all the food they need, they ain't going to be going up roses, they ain't going to be going up citrus, they're not going to be involved in some of the other things. They have the source of food that they have. What? I used to set up four anchophase in a, in a property, sometimes more, like in a vegetable garden. I would set up in a raised bed with one anchophase per vegetable garden, for a raised bed. <clears throat> in my rose garden, I used to have one or two anchophase tucked away. Ants always go there first. When it's empty, they'll go, then they'll do their thing on the roses or wherever. And that's the trick right there, see? And after a while, you, you don't have to, because if you have a billion ants, it will go through the ant cafe right, real fast. But after a while, you only have maybe a million ants. And, and the ant cafes last a little longer. Because I, when I first go, go to a customer, I got to come back every week for about a month or two until the ants finally have re been reduced. And then it's just once a month. Uh, and then and you can tell when, they, when they, they do a chemical, if you buy a chemical fertilizer, high nitrogen causes stress. The higher the stress, the greater the pest. I made that up in the sixth grade. Sixth grade. Yeah. I also made up the law of the little bit. Don't ask me what that means. I, I, I'm just kidding. You will always want to use you know, chemical fertilizers. More is better. Well, in the organic system, little is better. Uh, like the numbers game, you know, that was made uh, when you buy a fertilizer, the 10-10-10 or 20-20-20. 
and organics, you don't have those numbers. You don't use them at all. Nitrogen comes from many different sources. And that's the key to so Every time you use any kind of chemical fertilizer, it causes stress. Stress is what attracts everything. First, we bring the ants around to see what's going on. Then the ants can pretty much bring any other creature on, including the white flies. You have white flies. You know, so basically, that's what you do with the ants. You start to, you, that's why we call it dances with ants. See, you have to, and, and, they, and they want a different source of food. They don't want to eat the same thing all the time. They'll just say, I ate that last week. I need something different. So you, every month, I change it. I give them brown sugar, white sugar, molasses, corn syrup. You know, I mean, and they, and they love it. And I don't even use any poison. All I use inside the house is this. It's soap, you know, different kinds of soap, essential oil sometimes. And on my grounds, it's all organic. It grow. The plants are so stressless. They're all like, la, la, la. I had one customer, major, no, next door to one of my customers, major white fly. It's as if they hit a wall in the air. Because one little, they, they, I have maybe one or two white flies on the, it's just right next door to each other. And the biggest difference is that lady's using the M thing, you know, the, the mirror, uh, that one. Grow, right? You got it? I didn't say it because they don't like it when I do that. That poor man, I met him the other day at the library. He said, why are you so against us? It's not organic. Is there a problem? It's not organic. It doesn't say organic. If it was, I would use it. And that causes high stress. It's been banned in certain states. Why? Urea is bad for the pollutes of groundwater. It stays in the soil 30 to 40 years. And that's a chemical you hear when you buy in a store. It says urea on it. There's a different, you know, there's animal urea, there's all different kinds of natural sources of urea, but whenever you're using that regular urea, that's chemically, that stays in the ground, and that kills your earthworm, upsets the balance of the soil, causes stress forever. And, and that's the key to the ants, is you have to, once you get the ants, start to feed the ants, and the ants start going into this mixture, you'll see the ant population will go down, only if the grounds are not stressed out. You, they can't, can't help it. They will come for miles just because this is this perfect stressed out environment. One of the most stressed out environments I've seen is horticultural uh, grounds. People, they use so much chemicals over there, the plants look great to a, a non, to a, you know, if you look at it. I mean, I'll give you an example. I, I talked to a doctor and he says, do you know, you know the muscle builders, right? The guys that are lifting weights and doing all that stuff? Talk to their doctor. Like, they said they're hard stressed out, they're, they're, you, you prick them and they bleed, they're like bleeders, you know, they have a very hard time with their body. It's very, it may, they may look, I don't know, maybe some people say it doesn't look normal, but they may look okay, but they're really stressed out really super stressed out. Most plants are that way. They're fed chemically. They look really good. They may look good, but, but they're not. And you know what? I, I talk to a, a person. See, I deal with energy, okay? And one of the things I, I, give, a, I give a class, I give a class to scientists about, about energy. Uh, you, do you know, for, you know what cosmic rays are, right? Not too hard to figure out. They, the universe is full of cosmic rays where they shoot through the earth in less than a second, nanoseconds, right through the earth, right? You all know that, right? Yes? Are you asleep? I'm trying to change the subject as we go because I have a feeling that I'm boring you all. I'm not sure. This is very heavy stuff. It really is. And it shoots through the earth in a nanosecond. The earth absorbs it. We as living thing absorb this energy. We absorb it all the time. You cannot live without it. All the trees are giant antennas and they give it back. When a tree is sick, it's not connected. When we are sick, we're not connected. When we're stressed out, we're not connected. And that's why minerals are very important, because if you feed chemical fertilizers, very little minerals, trace minerals. Trace minerals, what do they do? They absorb that energy, and they give it back to the human living things. 
So the key to control the ants is reduce stress on your property. Control the ants by feeding them, getting them involved, get them going into the ant cafe. You can use other things on other ants, whether it be hibiscus or whatever other plants. There are different things, ways you can change the, the rate, the vibratory rate of that plant, which is what I was talking about. A cook, you know when you go shopping, you want to pick the best fruit you can, right? And instead of picking and punching and squeezing and, you know, this guy said, well, how can I pick the best fruit? So he invented a device called a refractometer. A refractometer measures the level of sugar in the plants. You know that plants want to produce sugar, right? You know, sugar through chlorophyll, you know the whole process, right? Right? Okay, so sugar, the refractometer not only measures the level of sugar, but from that you can tell the, how much minerals the plant has. The more mineral it has, the less the stress, the less the stress, the less the pests and disease. And so uh, it goes right back to you want to feed everything to reduce the stress on your property. See? You cannot control the ants if, if everything is stressed out, even if you're doing this, because you're going to have to be giving it so much boric acid. Yeah, the ants will die right there. You have to be strong enough to get back to the colony. So that's the key to, and it's not that difficult really to do. In the first chapter of my book is called Dancers. When I was a kid, I figured it out. So you're all smarter than, than a 13-year-old kid. You just got to continue to feed the ants the way I said, give them the boric acid mixture, learn to use inside the house, things that drive them out, essential oils. Now on your plants, like for example, Dr. Brown soap can be sprayed on plants. You know, if you spray soap, you burn the plants if it's too strong, right? So you have to learn the strength on different plants. If it plants is hairy, don't spray it. Simple, because that will burn it. But most plants, you can learn the mixture. As a matter of fact, you know, homeopathically, they talk about the law of a little bit. That's where that law of a little bit comes in. See, in organics, tiny little thing, an atomic bomb made from atom, an atom, right? Tiny little thing, yet very powerful. That's the way it works in, organ in the organic world. It's very, very powerful. So I use essential oils. One drop of cinnamon oil, and a gallon of water will kill the Wi-Fi is dead, yet it won't hurt any plants. And I, I use, a, I use a, a device that allows me to, to spray things, see? So I put essential oil in there. I put different things in there because you'll learn that it scrambles a signal. What we like, olive oil. I like olive oil, but most bugs don't. Castor oil, they hate it. So you'll learn what things you can spray to work. Any essential oil is wonderful. Lavender, essential oil of lavender is wonderful. Tea tree oil is wonderful. Citronella oil, these are essential oils. You can even get apple, you know, if you do aromatherapy, you know, they have a catalog, all these different, just pick the one you like. <laughs> you know, that smells good for you and you can put a drop. One drop in a gallon of water is more strong enough to take, as a matter of fact, you may have to do a drop in three gallons. Try to find the weakest strength that still works. Okay? Not, yes? Well, it's really simple. Uh, whatever soap you're using, like the, the, this is a concentrate, and she asks um, how you spray it in the house. I usually add maybe one tablespoon and a quarter of water. I would start there. And I would spray the ants. And if the ants sort of laughed at you, then you make two tablespoons and a quarter of water. You have to find the strength that you can spray and that will kill them. You don't want to use it straight. The essential oil, you can use essential oil, exactly. One drop in a gallon of water, maybe a drop in a, in a half a gallon of water if you're going to use it inside. You got to remember, it's very... ...laying lavender inside, you may want to air it out a little bit. It depends on how strong, you know, you don't want to make it too strong to drive yourself out. But you only need a little bit, and you spray it, uh, you can spray it, you know, wherever you see the ants, use it to wipe with. People add it to the mopping water, so when they mop, if you use it regularly, the ants stay out. 
And usually inside the house, it'll last anywhere from a day to a week. It depends on your neighbor. <laughs> they got a lot of ants that keep overflowing. Okay, and that also works for imported finance, and the same thing with carpenter ants. You all know about carpenter ants, right? They're called, they're called carpenter ants because they work their way through their wood, and they look like termites, and then you have the same results, but the, the way you treat them is differently. Carpenter ants. Remember I told you, the ants are all females, right? And that's how you tell the difference between ants and termites. Ants are all females. So when I think of a female, I think of a shape, right? It goes like this with a waist. When you think of a male, you, you usually, you know, tummy, right? Am I wrong? Okay, well that's a termite. So termites are males, so they got the tummy. Ants are females, so they got the little waist. You look at the bodies, you go. Once a year, remember when they have sex, they have the wings. Termites have the wings. They both look identical always. And they work their way through the woods. The, the uh, termites usually have a lower voice. Hi-ho, hi-ho. And the, and the carpenter has higher voice because they're all females. Hi-ho, hi-ho. That's a, that's fun. I can talk to kids too and make you laugh like her, see. That, that's how you can tell the difference, but you treat the carpenter ants the same way you treat the ants. Because they are ants, and you start feeding them. They have to eat the food and everything, whereas the termites, they eat the wood. And you can control termites naturally, too. I tell people all the time that there are different ways you can control termites naturally, whether it be subterranean termites or dry wood termites. All kinds of stuff, ways you can do that. I don't know how much time I have, but so I, I hope I explain a little bit about the ants. It's, I made it simple because it is simple. You, you can make it very complicated. All you have to do is pay attention to the ants, start feeding them, giving them what they want to eat, and, and if you have the consciousness, you have to say, well, I don't mind killing. I don't want to kill them. I, they can stay outside. I'll just spray the ants inside. After a while, it gets to you. You know, I mean, I keep having this dream. I'm waiting in heaven, and God says, you know you killed 37 trillion ants? You're going back down as an ant. So now I'm very, I tell the ant, please, please, I don't want to kill you. Just go away. Just, you know, and you talk to them. People say, this guy is really out there, you know. <laughs> I had this TV crew following me around talking to the ants. And I'm going, that's not the way it works. You guys are really out of it, you know, because you, you, communication is done either verbally or non-verbally. And your ants and like all their insects, hey, they don't go around talking. They have a nonverbal way of communication. Whether you give them food, you get their attention. You see, that's all you got to do is get their attention. And you will, you'll find that they will work for you instead of against you. If you treat them, see, so now your consciousness is changing. You say, gee, maybe the ants are intelligent. Maybe, gee, I, maybe I can communicate with them. Maybe I can control them and train them to stay out of places I don't want them to be. And that's what happens. I do it all the time. And, and, and if you forget them, they'll go back to say, well, heck with it. The food's not there. We're going to go back to what we know works. Okay? Uh, any other questions? We have a, a botanical garden up in the northeast part of the county. And uh, we've recently been invaded by uh, yellow jackets. And uh, we had a garden club out at our place today. They were having lunch, and the, the food was just warm with Okay. Okay, there are a couple of ways you can deal with it. First of all, you have to understand that it's really a, an ecological imbalance. If something's going on in your environment, you know, whether it be too dry, too wet, people may have changed the, the situation somehow. You may have a lot of people call me up about being invaded by frogs and all these things. Uh, you're not, your best bet is just to keep them out of the area that you're, you're, gonna, you're in, right? That's what you want. You don't, want them, you don't mind if they're running around as long as they're not where you're at at the moment, right? Okay. Now, there are a couple of ways you could do that. Uh, one of them is uh, there are many electronic devices that you can buy that will control. One's called Yard Guard, and it allows you to program it for different creatures. And they, have a, they emit a signal that you, once you plug it in, your humans can't hear it, but different creatures can hear it. And they have one particular one that imitates, it's called, um, 
a mosquito hawk or some kind of hawk sends out a signal, you know, a sound, and that drives, uh, you know, any kind of uh, wasp or hornets away. That's one tool you can use. Another way you could do it is you can remember the essential oil. Citronella is used for that. So they have citronella candles. You can buy these candles. You light them. stinks up the whole place. Okay? Uh, it, you can get a few of them, you know. Uh, you can also get um, citronella itself, the oil. What I do is I get a cotton ball, dip them in the citronella oil, needle and thread, hang them up. They, and, and you can hang them up like around the trees where you're at in the park or something. Like when I go camping, I usually put it around the area. That alone will last you for a day or two. You can just take it down, dip it again. You know, it'll repel the whole area. Another approach too is you can make the wasps go another area. So you can feed them. You know, they will go after food, right? I think that's what they came after. They came after the fig trees that are right next to our eating. Right, so, so they, they like to eat uh, meat. They're really heavy into meat. So you just take a, uh, you can lay some meat out in the corner and they'll go all over there. And, and don't, don't do the pep, you know, the, the citronella in that area or, the, or wherever you're at, you know, but do it on this area. And they'll tend to be over there more so than over here. You have a few of them running around, but only the stupid ones, hey, over there's the food. You know, they go over there. That's one, one way to do it. You can also use a, like, the soap is wonderful. I'm not, I, I'm not, not a distributor for this product. Uh, <laughs> because you can take it camping with you, like in your case, and just put maybe a couple of tablespoons in a gallon of water and just spray the whole area. You'll smell it. You know, and that'll keep, a, keep them away from, that, from the area. Really easy. You can literally spray the trees, just spray the whole area. Because I, I spray trees with it for white flies and all kinds of other creatures also. So it ain't gonna hurt the, it's not going to hurt the tree. But it smells, it has that odor, you know. I would try to use the lavender one, it would be better than the peppermint. Lavender tends to stick around a little longer. Yes? Is there anything you can do to keep uh, birds from pecking at your windows? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I get some interesting questions too. Uh, birds pecking at the windows. Okay. Um, I, I, are they trying to get in or trying to tell you something? Uh, no, I think they think that they are seeing themselves in the window. Uh, well, uh, uh, what I would probably do uh, is I would get a, a sprinkler that's motion detected. And you set it up next to the house, and every time they come fly around, it'll turn itself on, and that'll keep them away for a while. Yeah, it's a sprinkler. You hook up to the hose. It's with a motion detector. I use that for dogs and cats. Yeah, you have a kitty cat who thinks your, your garden is a big litter box? Oh, yeah. No, but it doesn't spray the window. It shoots out. Just have it sitting there. You know, that's one way to do it. Another way to do it is you can get uh, aluminum foil, cut it up into little strips and hang them out anywhere. When a bird's flying, they, sometimes you'll, they'll get a, a shot of, this, of the light, you know, when it hits them, and that tends to, to confuse them a lot. And that, they, really, they navigate around it. So lots of farmers do that. They hang little strips, birds fly, oh, I, yeah, yeah, you know, that works real good too. Uh, there's a, another thing you could do, uh, you can always get the, the fake scarecrow, you can always get the fake uh, hawk or the fake snake, but they don't seem to work too much unless you move them around, you hide in there and move them. That doesn't work, that doesn't tend to work either. Uh, uh, there's a sharper image, you're, you're a sharper image, they have a great device that can be adjusted. The problem with that is that you have to turn it on all the time. So what I do is, this is a secret, don't tell anybody, you hook it onto a switch. So you're sitting there, let the birds come, then you turn it on, it scares them, they go away, turn it off. 
It's just a, a sense of sound that only the birds or all the creatures can hear. You can adjust it. You can adjust it for mites or cats or rats or any other creature. Sharper image has this one you can adjust to different ones. To bat either battery or plug it in. It emits a sound that you don't hear, but they will. They do hear. And you can make it like a loud squeech, you know? So when you turn it on, it goes, they're, they're gone. Now, if you do it after a while, they say, there's something wrong with that window. And they, and, and they teach all their friends, stay away from that window. I did that with a, a, with a pear tree that they kept wanting to come, so I had it hooked up there, and whenever they showed up, I turned, they, they, for years, they let that pear tree alone, <laughs> you know? Any more questions? How much time do I got? I can, I, I told I can talk until 1230, is that right? 1130? <laughs> Five more minutes? Oh, I can talk more. I, I, any serious questions? Hey, any real serious important things? That, okay. Gophers. Where did that lady go with my gopher device? Here, throw it over here for a second. Oh, just toss it. Oh, okay. Um, by the way, you can see my comedy act Monday nights at the... Uh, <laughs> I do. I have it at the comedy sh uh, shop at uh, Mal in, in Santa Monica. People say, hey, this is a show. I, sh I ha usually have more time than this. Hours. This is, this is what I use. This is what I use to control gophers with. They hook up to the back of your car on the exhaust system. Hose goes there. Stick it in the gopher tunnel. It uses carbon monoxide to kill them. It's, 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 uh, I refuse to use any poison in there. I, don't, I would not use strychnine. Do not use chewing gum. Imagine a poor gopher going around. Oh, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Do not use cayenne pepper. Okay? I, for many years, we know I did in the sixth, that was a year I did the sixth grade. I said, what do you do for, for gophers? I would take hair and put it in the tunnels. Hair decomposes. Hair works great when the days and nights are hot. When the days are cold, hair is not going to decompose. Do not use the ladies' hair because it takes 10,000 years to decompose anything. I'm not kidding. I've used it in compost that stuff wouldn't even burn. <laughs> so I used to put hair down the tunnels. The hair would stink up the tunnels and they think that you're in there and they will leave. That was a good way to irritate them, see. But this is a device It's called an underground eliminator. I actually invented this device a long time ago, but this man patented it first. And I, it's a green monster. I took a, you know, a chrome thing you took from the car and hooked it, took it to a good old boy and he hooked it up so I can use it. And that's what it, that's the, this is the best one that I've come across because you just stick it to your car. It won't hurt the car. Stick it in the tunnel. They die a peaceful death. I mean, you know, it's like, uh, you know, carbon monoxide. They don't know what's happening. You feel sulfur in there. They run away from it. They can sense it coming. Any kind of gas you put in there, they outrun it, you know. And it lasts for a while. It's, it's carbon monoxide. will stay down in there. Use it at the higher place. I've done a whole field just by doing it at the top and it's gases goes down, kills them. You know, I try to get people like in Malibu to do it because they're using poison to get rid of the, of the gophers in the, around the rivers and stuff. Guess where the poison goes, right? And this, uh, uh, that lady bought it because the only one I bought, but there's, uh, you can visit the website and there's flyers over there where you can get it. It's a real easy way to control the gophers and ground squirrels and any other kinds of creatures. You can get snakes out of places, you know. Uh, my only concern is don't do the bad thing with it because I, I refuse to let people know about this for years because I feel some stupid person wants to kill everybody and hook up to their house or something, you know. And I said it, so don't even think about it anymore, don't even use it that, but use it for the gophers, okay? Okay, one more question. I got until 8 o'clock, right? 8.15? 8 o'clock, okay. Serious question. I have a question. Yeah. Uh, 
Oh, okay, any creature that's blind relies on their nose. Does that help you? Okay, so what I use is, I used to go to the San Diego Zoo, as a matter of fact, and get lion poo-poo, tiger poo-poo, any other carnivorous animals. One year I did elephant. Works great. Oh yeah, I use it for deer and, 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 and coyote control and any other creatures, you know, I used to put in the gopher tunnels. They say, there's a carnivorous animal here, I'm out of here. Okay? I did the elephant, I did it for deer, so you know, the deer will come along, you know, and they'll stop and they'll go, what is this? That was for elephant doodle. I would take big chunks of elephant doodle, put them around. You should have seen the coyote. The coyote would come around and go, well, it's not, uh, uh, no, uh, no. Oh, and they, if they don't know what it is, they say, I'm out of here. I'll be back when it's... And it's true. I used to, in Miami, Florida, I used to go to the zoo, local zoo, and I used to get the elephant poo-poo and lion poo-poo. And even their pee, the guy says, what's with you? I said, hey, a little bit of lion pee, you sprinkle around the poor creatures, rabbits. A rabbit will come along and go, uh-oh, I'm in deep doodle here. There's a lion somewhere here, or a coyote, or whatever. Honest. And they, they just back away. Remember when we had the fires in Malibu, all those creatures? I would go out and feed them. You know, I'll go out and feed the coyotes. They will come around and give them food. First year, they ate 16 of my chickens. I, and, I, and I talked to my mom, because my mother is my, my master gardener. You know, I have five brothers. I have five brothers. They all can tell you the statistics of every football player and everything, basketball, baseball. My mother and I would be out there gardening roses. Instead of having a, uh, a lemonade stand, I had a cow patty stand. And I included, that included burying, you know, burying the cow patty, too. That was part of it. Um, I forgot what I was talking about. I forgot. What was that? What was it? Oh, wait a second. Yeah, the skunks. Their smell, nose, okay? So all you have to do is, essential oils are wonderful. Lavender, a skunk will smell lavender. A lady, you know, uh, anything, that, garlic, they love, they, hate, they love, you know, they hate the smell of garlic. Castor oil, they get any castor oil on their, body, on their little bodies, they go nuts trying to clean it off. A little castor oil and soap, you can spray an area, you know. Go with the smell. Uh, and the same thing with the uh, white flies. You have the giant white flies around here, right? Okay, if, if you're growing, how many of you have white flies that are growing organically? How many of you have white flies that are not going organically? Okay. It's okay, you can raise your hand. We're, we're all friends here. We're, you know, I, I have yet to meet one person that's, been growing, that's growing organically that has the white fly. Giant white fly all right, in San Diego or otherwise. Now, why is that? Okay, one person had it a little bit because their neighbor just, just flew over all the time, you know. But you only had a little bit and they would not become infested. High nitrogen will do it every time, every time. Okay, and the only reason why they're spreading over it, because we have giant white flies up to Malibu now. I've seen six years ago, they would call me from here and say, hey, we got the white flies, what should we do? And they, I tell them, they go, huh? That, that, stop the high nitrogen fertilizer. Stop using any chemical fertilizer. Start using compost. Increase your minerals. You'll find if you test a plant that's being attacked, and not just specific, it used to be a hibiscus. Oh, only a hibiscus will get the white fly. Guess what? Okay, it's a trace, it's as simple as a trace mineral deficiency. Give it the minerals, calcium, iron, magnesium, in the proportions that they need. Don't go out and buy five pounds of calcium and say, Poof. now you got your calcium. Uh-uh, now they're stressed out. From one thing to the other, you know. Minerals, that's the key. Rock, I use rock dust, and I, I have a product called Earth Food, only because it's my local source of rock dust. I used to go to Pond Springs and go to the mining quarries. I'm there digging up rock dust and putting it. And the guy next door is a, had, a, had a strawberry farm, and I says, what do you do? Where do you get these giant strawberries? They say, they grow here because the dust comes over and, and lands on the strawberries. Whoa. 
Minerals. That's a key to it. I bet you anything, any of you folks have Wi-Fi or any kind of disease, you're not giving it the minerals it needs in the proportion that it needs. It's as simple as that. You give it any kind of fertilizer, where are the minerals? Some are fortified with copper. Okay, great. And iron, great. There's 78 trace minerals you've got to have, including all the stuff you think is bad. Arsenic, lead, mercury. They're needed too. Your body has it. Gold, everything. Same thing the plants need, we need. I tell people, feed the soil first, the soil will feed the plants. Chemically, you're feeding the plants first. So you can only inject food for so long because your stomach will start going and you'll die. Figure it out. That's the whole key. You'd be very stressed out. You're injecting food. You're not eating. You think you're getting the food, but you're really not getting the food because you're going to slowly die. Okay? Uh, I, I still got... I got one more minute. I love doing this. I just love doing it. I could be here for hours. I love, and I do. I get talks to a lot of people, and I enjoy what I'm doing. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing this. You know, I, I, if I if I if I didn't like it, I would go off and write some more books. I am writing four books right now, four or five books, and I get about 300 emails a day. My hand is sort of going. I got the voice now. Yes. One question: You have to be serious, and probably if it's a marriage, if you're about ready to get divorced, then talk to me. That's a good time. Yes, you. <laughs> uh, neem oil is a wonderful tool. Only use it as a last, last. As a matter of fact, if you don't have to use it, don't use it. Because people are using it for everything now. So it's like the pyrethrum. Use the pyrethrum, use the pyrethrum. They become, the creatures will become immune to it. They would, they, you have to use it more and more. Then they're going to have to put some additive in it to make it stronger. I use pyrethrum only when I have to. It's pure pyrethrum. But you go to the store now, you can buy pyrethrum with this additive, with that additive, with this additive, and that additive, right? They do that because the pyrethrum, the creatures are becoming more and more immune to the pyrethrum. Okay? If you're, if you're growing organically, all these simple things work. If you're growing chemically, you, then you're only resorting to the neem and these other things because the chemical things are not working, but they're, they're not going to work either. You have to be either 100% organic or 100% chemical. That's the thing. If you're 100%, if you're 80%, 90% organic, 10% chemical, the organic system will not work for you. Or a little bit, you know, but not as well. Uh, I would, you know, if you're having grasshoppers and grubs, again, it goes back down to the grubs really is a mineral deficient in the soil. That's why it really is, a mineral deficient in the soil. Because if you have other creatures, you have natural bacteria that come around, they, they normally will kill the grubs. The grasshoppers is more of a, a, a wider environmental thing. When everybody's using chemicals and everybody, you know, people say, how can we have a trace? When I talk about, you know about the sudden death, sudden oak death disease? The oaks are dying all over the place in Northern California and sort of coming down. And they don't really know anything about it. They do know it's a disease and it's a phytrophic fungus. And I try to help them, but they don't listen to me because I who am I anyway? I said, how many trees have you healed? And they said, well, how could it be a trace mineral deficiency all of California, all across the United States? Well, guess what? It is. How many animals have run across your yard lately and died there? Or poo-poo? When was the last time you saw a California bear or any of these other wild creatures that used to be here? They're not. We put up fences, we have all kinds of things that block the traffic of animals. It doesn't work anymore. An animal will migrate. They will go down south and eat stuff. Eat trace minerals, right? Bring it back north and, and poo-poo and die. And you, you get that picture. They would, minerals would go from one place and that's not happening anymore. So we're now going through a, a heavy-duty trace mineral problem. Just like they're saying it's the same disease that happened in Europe with the tomato phantom. What happened then? Same thing. They put roads, they block off the natural traffic of animals, they have, they're, having, they're having a trace mineral deficiency. And that's what's really going on now. If you look at any disease, any problems anywhere, especially in San Diego here, 
You think it's tropical. But we have not, we're Mother Nature. We need to start feeding the trees. We need to start paying attention because God ain't doing it anymore. God says, hey, it's in your hand now. You stop these creatures from moving them. Guess what? It's your responsibility to start feeding trees. How many of you all are feeding your trees? Okay? And that's pretty much all I can say. Uh, I'm sorry they only give me so little time, an hour. And I'm not going to sit an hour and talk to you afterwards either. You're welcome to... What, what I'd like to do is, if you all visit my website, tell me you're a member of the Horticultural Society. I will work out any problems for you. I'll give you 30 days... Okay, everybody. Goodbye. See you so, later. So for some well, of you more that less, don't know uh, what, <laughs> what I do, one of the things I do is I run a club. Uh, besides uh, this radio show... Uh, uh, the club is called Club ID, stands, starts, stands for Invisible Gardener Club, Invisible Gardener. Um, and uh, as a member, you get to have access to all my books. They're in a uh, PDF format. The books are available on Kindle if you want to buy them from Kindle. You know I can't give them to you in the Kindle format. Uh, my books are also available from Amazon in the PDF version. But you get them for free as a member. And so, uh, you know, as I mentioned before, I do uh, natural, I do monthly, I do natural spray service. Uh, I'm also a natural arborist. I can help people keep trees healthy simply by making the soil healthy, believe it or not. That's, that's very important. And so I'm an organic consultant. I charge $250 an hour for my time, but for my members, it's free. It's just, right now, it's free. Uh, and the use, it, it's normally $55 for a lifetime. You get my $20 book. Or if you don't want, you just want to do, you know, totally digital, you can get it. Uh, $20 for a lifetime, you get, you know, it's a digital membership. You get access to all my uh, my books with the PDF version. You know, but uh, as a as a member, you can talk to me anytime, whether it's on the radio show here, or whether it's on uh, through email or through the newsletter. Lots of different ways. We have organic hotline that you can call me and talk to me. See, so that's what it's all about. Me helping you to uh, do your thing much, and, you know, be happy to grow your soil, to grow your produce, your vegetables. I also do soil testing so that you need a laboratory to send your stuff to. You can, I can provide you with those services. I'm very heavy into remuneration. I'm happy to explain to you where I get all my products from. That's what the show is about, showing you where I buy things, where I get some. I have no, no secrets from you, okay? I not only teach permaculture or biodynamics, but I also teach a variety of other systems that I have worked on myself for, for centuries, right? Uh, I, I do organic fertilizations. We, do, do, we don't use any chemical fertilizers whatsoever. None of that. Never will, will never have, never will. Uh, and then when I spray, so I've told you, natural organic products doesn't hurt be or anything. Our show is right here on bbsradio.com. You get to it through my website, visiblegardener.com. Okay, so I'm here every Saturday for you. You can email me, Andy Lopez at visiblegardener.com. If you have questions, that's another way you can talk to me, you know. Uh, coming up in, uh, right after the show on Station 2 is the Cosmic Spaceship. So you want to tune into that. Make sure you have your headphones on. Uh, in the place, the relaxed place. It also shows you my hard work that I create, okay? Please visit me on Facebook, on Twitter, Instagram, uh, YouTube. I have over 500, 600 videos on YouTube. Uh, so join and subscribe, okay? And uh, I, all my videos are there for you to go through. You have any questions? Uh, if you have the book, you have questions, you, you, know, you can talk to me about it.
fun. That's what I'm here for, okay? So, so don't panic. It's organic. I'll be back again uh, next week. Every Saturday, I'm your sense for you. If you want to call me on my show, uh, there, there's the phone numbers there on the website. What numbers you call? Oh, you, you use Zoom. You can, you, can uh, you, uh, you also use Zoom. Uh, pretty soon, I'm going to go to a format where I'll be able to talk to you uh, rather than have it recorded. So part of it's going to be recorded. Part of it's going to be live just to talk to you. So, um, pay a visit to invisiblegardener.com and join today. Take care of yourself. Bye.